Hey, welcome to the Pop Smoke Show. In this episode, you're going to hear from Jesse Awuji, a.k.a. Jay Wu. I've, I've had the, uh, the pleasure of knowing Jesse since 2005 um, at NAPS, the Naval Academy Preparatory School we both attended prior to going to the Naval Academy. Uh, I'm going to start with a short bio of him so you get to know him a little bit better on some of the things that he's up to, and then I'm going to dive right into some questions about his journey on becoming a professional NASCAR driver. Hey, and just to give you a heads up, the audio, it might be a little bit loud for you. That's because Jesse is live at the racetrack right now. And you have cars going 200 miles an hour uh, right behind him. So I try my best to clean that audio up and deliver the best pop smoke show experiences I possibly can for you. Um, but keep that in mind um, when you're listening to the to the episode. But that's what pop smoke's all about. The, the very reason and the very core of the name itself is action. It's taking action. It's one of Pop Smoke's uh, first core values, progress over perfection. So while the environment might not be perfect and, you know, the sound might not be perfect, we're both just trying to get it in. Shout out to the listener out there, the Academy grads, the Napsters. It's been 10 years since naps and i like to i like to keep this quote in mind this quote motivates me and it reminds me of the the days at naps when we used to hustle so keep this in mind on your future endeavors well, i'm just trying to stay above water you know just stay busy stay working i've told me like the key to this joint the key to stay on top of things is to treat everything like it's your first project you know what i'm saying like it's your first day like i wasn't even an intern like that's how you try to treat things like Stay All right, here we go. In episode 39, we feature Jesse Awuji. Jesse played college football at the United States Naval Academy and graduated with a degree in general science. After graduating from the Navy, he began pursuing his racing passion. In 2013, he became the fifth person in the world to ellipse the 200 mile per hour in a Generation 3 Hemi, which landed him on the Hot Rod magazine. In 2015, he began his NASCAR journey through the ladder system, running in a NASCAR Wheel and All-American Series and the NASCAR k and Pro Series. Jesse, are you ready to pop smoke? Yes, sir. Let's pop smoke. Awesome. Hey, I want you to first start off by telling us what you're up to with the Red List Group. What is the Red List Group all about? Yeah, so uh, Red List Group, pretty much what it is, is a small um, auto events company that I started uh, earlier this year in uh, 2015. And uh, I you know, created the idea um, last year, 2014, while I was on deployment in uh, the Middle East. So what I did was I wanted to find a way so that I could, you know, start building something uh, that I want that was going to be my next career after the Navy, you know, besides racing that I could, you know, my own company that I could, you know, start, build and, you know, have going. So um, it's been pretty successful so far. Um, we've done about two events and they've been drag racing events at uh, at uh, some local tracks here in uh, Southern California. And, um, you know, with the second event, we had over 2000 people show up in attendance. So uh, that was pretty awesome for my second event ever. So I'm um, looking forward to the third event coming uh, in December. December twelfth uh, um, at Famoso Raceway and uh, should be good. Expecting about two to three thousand people, and I'm pretty excited for it. Awesome, man! Is that similar to explain to the listener like what that group is all about? Is it similar to the Race Wars and the Fast and the Furious? 
Yeah, so um, very, very similar to Race Wars. It's that kind of setup where basically we go to the drag strip and all these street cars, um, basically what they do is they come, you know, people have put a lot of money in their cars. You know, these cars are making 700, 800, 1,000 horsepower. And uh, they bring their street cars, sometimes full-blown race cars, to the track. And it's just a fun place for them to come run against each other in a bunch of different uh, grudge matches. And I have a special point system uh, developed for it to where each run, everyone gets scored based on, you know, your run times and all that. And uh, at the end of the day, whoever has the most points wins the grand prize trophy. Got it. So are, are how many drivers do you have in your group, roughly? Um, it depends. So um, our goal was to have 100. 100 was the limit. And uh, the first event, we had like 54 people sign up. Uh, second event, we had about 120 sign up. And uh, this coming up event here in uh, December, we're going to have another, you know, plus 100, you know, signed up. So we actually just sold out on tickets earlier this week. And it's still, you know, over a month until the event. So I'm pretty, pretty excited about nice, it. Nice, man. Any other veterans racing with you? Yeah, yeah. So there's um, some people who are ex-Navy or still Navy, you know, some Marines and things like that. People who, uh, you know, and no, no one that I went out specifically to target. Sure. Um, they just, you know, they're in the local bases, you know, down in Southern California, like uh, Miramar, um, Camp Pendleton, uh, San Diego Naval Base. And these guys are car guys. They like racing and they just bring out their cars to the drag strip and uh, have a good time and a fun you know, safe environment cool. where they can do it, you know, instead of doing it, you know, on the streets where, you know, people can get killed and, you sure. know, hurt and get your car impounded and things like that. Cool. <laughs> so, hey, explain to us, like, you know, we got some academy grads that listen to the show. Um, explain to us how you're, how the Navy is allowing you to race while you're still on active duty. Um, the biggest thing is just, you know, keeping my uh, command informed on, you know, what I'm doing, where I'll be at. And, um, you know, how I'm staying safe with it. NASCAR has done a really good job over the last 10 years to uh, make these cars a lot safer. And also, they, they, you know, they make sure that we have the proper uh, safety gear on, you know, when it comes to your head and neck uh, restraint device, you know, our, our seat belts, uh, the way the cars are built with the cages and everything. I mean, you can plow into a wall at some high speeds and walk away from it. Uh, just because of all the gear we have on, you know, the fire retardant suits and everything. So I think with that, you know, it's been good because, you know, I think it, it, it lets my command in the Navy, you know, know that, hey, you know, NASCAR is taking safety serious. So, you know, if something does happen, you know, I should be in good hands. Cool. So you just give them a heads up. Is it is it like you're you have to take leave or something for a lot of your events? Yeah, so um, I do take leave. If I'm going to be missing work, I take leave. If it's just a weekend event and it's you know local, um, you know okay. I don't I don't take leave for it because you know it's not necessary. But uh, you know all the events that you know I go to that I am away from uh, you know my local area, then you know I take leave. Like today, you know I'm at a Phoenix International Raceway at the NASCAR Cane and Pro Series race, and uh, you know I was going to miss a couple days of work, so I just took some leave for it. You know since I had extra leave to cool. burn. Is that what we see in the back there? Yeah, behind me you see uh, the grandstands for Phoenix International Raceway, and uh, it's a pretty cool track. It's a one-mile track, and uh, this weekend all levels of NASCAR from the NASCAR K&N Pro Series all the way up to the NASCAR uh, Sprint Cup Series are running this weekend. So it's going to be pretty good, pretty good weekend of racing, That's and I can't awesome, wait man. to uh, see yeah. it. That's awesome. I'm not racing today, but uh, I'll be watching. Cool. <laughs> yeah, now, hey, can you explain to us, uh, like, the pipeline on – like, what's the pipeline for a, a driver? Like, what is the beginning A to Z? How does it compare to, like, you know, someone uh, single A, double A, triple A with baseball, and then they go to the, the pros or football? You know, you have NCAA and then pro professional football. What's the pipeline for your, you know, NASCAR driving? 
it's, it's kind of similar to baseball in a sense. Uh, a lot of people like to compare it to that when it comes to like triple A, double A. Um, but basically, um, you know, people normally start off in like uh, these cars called like legends. Legends are smaller cars and, um, you know, they, they normally run like shorter tracks. From the legends, they move up to um, normally sometimes they'll move up to late models. Late models are about 400 horsepower. They're full blown race cars, full, you know, big, big size and everything. And uh, they run those on just a little bit bigger tracks, like the third mile tracks, quarter mile tracks, and some half mile tracks. Okay. Um, and they'll, they'll run they'll run the late models for a little bit. Um, after you run the late models, you're feeling comfortable there. At that point, you can move up to the NASCAR K&N Pro Series, which is the series I'm currently running in. And uh, in that series, these cars are a little bit bigger, a little bit heavier, uh, but a lot more horsepower. These ones are packing about 600, 650 horsepower, which is, you know, a lot. And these cars get moving and they do run on the bigger tracks and the small tracks. So they run on anything from a quarter mile all the way up to one mile. And uh, these cars are, you know, they're fast. They're fast. Um, from the NASCAR K&N Pro Series, from there, you can move up to the uh, NASCAR uh, Truck Series. The Truck Series, that's the trucks that you've seen probably on TV. And uh, those car, those trucks are packing about the same horsepower or so, with a different t- uh, type of tires so, and some wait, different setups. So, do you setups. need to go to the truck series before you get on like the Daytona 500 or something? The trucks do run a Daytona 500, but the thing is, depending on what series you move. So, when you move up in series, doesn't mean exactly that you're approved to run at certain size tracks. Okay. So, um, each track you got to get an approval before you run at that track. So, to run on a one mile track, you have to get approved by running well on the shorter tracks to get approved for a one and a half mile. You got to get approved, um, you know, by running on the smaller tracks and then, um, you know, two mile and so on. So there's a, there's a step step that you have, there's steps that you have to take before you actually get approved to run on the bigger tracks. And uh, that's why I'm not running today. Cause I'm not approved to run on a one mile track yet. I'm only approved to run on five eighths mile or, or smaller. So what do you do? What do you have to do? Qualify or another event? Um, I just have to get just a couple races under my belt, two, three or so races under my belt on smaller tracks or tracks that are almost about the same size um, so that I can uh, basically they can see that I can handle the car on those tracks safely and I'm not a weapon out there. Hey, when you say size of the track, explain that to the listener. I'm not exactly sure what you're what you're talking about there. Uh, Side of the track. So um, each track is different size. Um, Some of them are quarter mile. Uh, some of them are half mile. Some of them are five eighths mile. Some of them are three eighths mile. Some of them are one mile, one and a half, two mile, um, and up to uh, two point six six mile, which is like about, Daytona. Right? No, no, no. The size, the the length, the length of the track. Like the length. length. So like, the, um, so the uh, circumference. Oh, okay. Uh, how <laughs> it goes around? Yeah. Exactly. So like to cl- like if you do one complete lap at Daytona five hundred. Or the at not Daytona Five, I'm sorry, the Daytona track, um, that is two point six six miles. Okay. You know, so if you ran that, let's say you got on that track and you ran it, I mean it would take you, you know, almost twenty minutes to run it. Okay. The so full really length of the track uh, once. To the the chops for a driver, they're really seeing if you can handle the length of the track. Uh, the track, exactly. Because of speed. Because the longer the track, the more the speed. Got it. You know, if it's just a half mile track, you can only get up to so, you know, uh, any certain certain type of speed but um for the big tracks like daytona you know those guys are getting up to you know 190 200 miles per hour got it that makes sense now hey so speaking of that what separates once you're at that high level you know that that you know jeff gordon dale earnhardt level (laughs) what separates the greats from the average drivers what separates the greats from the the rest of the pack 
I think car control, the ability to handle your car and feel it out and know what it's doing and be able to get that information back to uh, your crew chief and the people working in the pits for you so that you can make the right adjustments on the car and your car can continue to be fast. I think that separates them because um, you got to be able to drive the car when it's on the edge the whole time. The person that you can drive their car on the edge the entire race is one who normally has the best chance of winning and at least is the fastest. You know, anything can happen. People crash. Uh, you know, you might lose it. Somebody might hit you and you're taken out of it. You know, explain there's people us, who might hey, be- explain to us what driving it on the edge means. Like, what are you really like pushing it? Now, the cars, I feel like, uh, you know, back in the day, you had to worry about um, cars and in, in, in their tires wearing and you had to yeah, uh-huh. you had to uh, be careful how much you push the car back in the day. But now, yeah, right from your right from the start, you can really push a car you know, because of the technology and advances we have. So can you just dive into that a little bit more? Yeah, yeah. So um, technology and advances in the car and how they're made on their chassis and everything, the setup and stuff is a lot better nowadays. But tire wear is still there. I mean, once you start running laps, you know, rubber falls off and the tires just aren't as good, you know, once you get to a certain lap. Um, And because of that, you're going to have to definitely make changes and stuff. So when I say drive on the edge, that means you're basically – driving the car as fast as you can possibly drive it without losing control. So there's that edge. Like, let's say you're coming around a corner, let's say with your normal car, you know, coming around a corner, okay. you know, you start mashing the gas, you know, there's a certain point where you're mashing the gas that the tires are going to break loose and you're going to spin out, right? The drivers who can drive their car all the way up into that limit where it's about to lose it, but then they don't lose it, those ones are going to be the fastest ones. Got it. So when they say you're really like driving on the edge, like, that's literal. You're on the edge of losing. It literally, like, you're on the edge of either spinning out and crashing huh. or not. And they just keep it on that line. The, the best guys keep it on that line the entire time and know how to, you know, waver here and there. You know, Got maybe may, may, maybe slow down just a tad, you know, just to. But the thing is, the harder you drive it, if you drive it like that, um, the harder you drive it like that, yeah, you're going to be fast, but only for so long. Your tires are going to fall off quicker. So the good drivers know how to bring it to that level and hold it for a little bit and then maybe back off for a little bit just to save their tires or fuel or whatever they're trying to do and then bring it back. Gotcha. But um, it's tough to find that line because every track you go to, the line's going to be different for you. You know, that that edge is going to be different. It's not the same each track. Got it. That's a, It sounds like that, that's the whole art and science and that's where they're, the professionals come in and that's why it's yeah. more than just driving around in a circle way more than driving around in a circle yeah. way more <laughs> a right, lot hey, more than I want that. you to I want you to take us in the driver's seat prior mm-hmm. the feeling you get before a race I want you to take us in the driver's seat before that light turns green and that flag waves yeah what are you feeling you know definitely you know you, you feel a little nervous you know definitely inside because you have, you know, 20 something cars all next to you, you know, just a few, a couple feet, inches away from you. And you're all about to hit the gas at the same time. You never know what's going to happen. Some people, their cars aren't going to work and you're going to hit them right in the back. Some people's cars are going to work well and they're going to drive too hard into a corner and they're going to lose it and spin, you know, or everything goes right and everyone goes into the first corner perfectly fine, huh. which is great. And then, um, you know, after that, you just, you got to find your rate. You, 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 gotta, you have to run your race. You know, if you want to battle out too early, sometimes it can work out for you and sometimes it doesn't. Um, my thing is, you know, especially right now, I'm still growing and, you know, learning and trying to gain experience. My thing is just running my own race. So I try not 
to battle with people too much because you know it can end up bad you know whether hey, so what are you, you know someone what are you thinking about in that in that seat what's going through your mind holding my line that's the thing because you're all going to be inches away from each other maybe a couple of feet from each other so you have to hold your own line and not be sporadic you have to be somewhat predictable for the guy behind you or the guy next to you because you have to trust each other and know that both of your skills are about even and that you're going to run your own lane and you're not going to come down on that person. You're not going to spin into that person, bump them. Because when you're in the middle of a turn and you're both, like I said, riding on the edge, um, you know, any bit of contact could send you both spinning into the wall. So you have to trust that the other person is going to run and hold their own lane. You're going to hold your own lane. You're going to get through the turn and get on straight away and battle it out. Got it. Now, speaking of that, that's a good segue into what I want to talk about next. Can you touch on the any unwritten rules? The unwritten rules or etiquette, any time that I've watched, uh, you know, all I can remember about NASCAR and watching it on uh, ESPN, where like when drivers are like pissed off at each other and they're always like, you know, getting on each other's stuff. You got, you know, Danica, Patrick, whatever her name is, you know, getting in the face of other drivers. What are some of the unwritten rules and etiquette that we don't ever really know what's going on? The main thing is, uh, you know, everyone wants to, everyone, at least in the perfect world, wants to race each other clean. Um, so, you know, unwritten rule is just, you know, race each other clean. Um, when I say race each other clean, that means, you know, try to stay off of each other. Um, you know, the bumping and grinding, you know, sometimes it's necessary, but, you know, it can cause bad things to happen depending on what part of the turn you are. So, um, yeah, the big thing is just running each other clean. And uh, I think that right there keeps people happy. Um, and it want it makes them, you know, want to continue to race you every single race because, you know, the seasons are long, you know, for us, we have 14, 15 race seasons, you know, for the cup series, uh, folks like, you know, Dan Kirkpatrick and them, they have 36 race seasons. Okay. So, um, you know, they got to see each other every single week. So you don't want to, you don't want to race each other way too hard, you know, every single race like, and be, you know, be crashing known. all yeah. of the, yeah, you know, because you, you run too hard sometimes on people. And, you know, crashes are going to happen and, you know, it's, it's going to happen, but uh, you don't want it to happen week in, week out where you're just wrecking somebody because of the way you're racing. So, you know, it's going to piss everyone off and then all of a sudden they're going to be trying to wreck you. Got <laughs> it. Hey, special thanks to RallyPoint.com for sponsoring the show. One of the ways that I use RallyPoint and how you can use it too, say you're interested in veteran entrepreneurship. So you can go to RallyPoint.com, type in entrepreneur in the search and see all the topics and discussions about entrepreneurship. Find one you like. What are the keys to becoming a successful veteran entrepreneur? Click on that one. Find out the question being asked. And then also, who's answering it? And you can learn from you know this person. He says, what's one thing that's important to becoming an entrepreneur? The answer was is from the Rally Point founder. You got to be clear on how your business can make money and, be, and, and eventually become sustainable. So you can comb through the questions and you can get involved and learn from others at rallypoint.com. What about the best, what's, a, what's the best tip that you would pass on to an up and coming driver? The best tip is just uh, perseverance. You have to keep going because this sport is tough and uh, bad things are going to happen, but uh, you can't quit. You know, even, uh, you know, if you, if you don't quit, you know, you can always find a way to win somehow, some way, you know, even a broken clock is, you know, right twice a day. So like you always remember that. Yeah. <laughs> what about a yeah. challenge you're experiencing right now? You know, either trying to grow the red list group or um, as a driver, what's a challenge that you're experiencing? You know, trying to hit on the, the, the business company aspect as one aspect yeah. and then trying to 
hit on the, you know, the, the driver aspect of it? Um, I think the driver aspect is the most um, for the red list group. You know, that's a separate thing with the drag racing and all that handling that that has that's its own beast right there. Sure. You know, trying to recruit people to uh, run into the running the event, uh, marketing it, you know, getting people to understand what's going on and uh, getting tickets sold. That's tough itself. You know, it's that's been hours and hours every single day marketing that sure. um, for uh, driving for me for like the NASCAR stuff. I think the toughest thing for me is just trying to gain enough experience to run with these guys since I started late. You know, most of these guys started racing when they were five, six, seven years old. You know, I started like this year. That's a good point. <laughs> so, you know, I'm way behind the curve, but I, I definitely will be able to compete with these guys eventually. Um, you know, I just got to keep learning, you know, just keep following behind them and seeing what they're doing, running their lines and just learning from these guys because they're all really good drivers. And uh, pretty good people too. So you know, I just try to learn from them each time I come out. Hey, I saw you in the simulator, man. How how many uh, hours do you spend in that thing? Um, each night, about two to three hours each night. So uh, that's my way of finding a way to you know increase a little bit of knowledge about racing and this and that on there. It's a good training tool. Um, you know, it's it's not perfect, but it, it's pretty good. It's Is better than doing nothing at home. Uh, it's in my uh, bedroom. It's in my bed. I got space on the corner where I just keep it there with the screen and the seat and everything. Really? And yeah, just I can jump out of bed and jump on a simulator if I want. It's, it's pretty Jeez, awesome. Dude. That <laughs> yeah. sounds uh, that's intense, man. You know, yeah. bringing that uh, you know that that speed into the bedroom, man. That's gonna be dangerous. Oh yeah. <laughs> but yeah, uh, it can't be. <laughs> hey, I want to I want to change gears here. I want to change gears here, and I want to talk about sponsorships. Yeah. So can you share with us how sponsorships work? For racing? Uh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, sponsorships basically work like this. you got to be marketable for a company or organization. So um, they have to be able to use you to sell their product or service or what they're doing and to get, gain exposure on their brand and uh, their company. So to do that, they're going to need someone who's marketable. And to be marketable, you know, you have to be presentable sure. in public. You have to be able to talk to the public. Uh, you know, um, people have to want to look up to you. You have to be able to have that charming a personality where you can bring people in to an organization or company and with that um, companies will then want to sponsor you know because it's more than just driving you know sure. there's a lot of great drivers out there but not all of them can be presentable in front of a camera sure. um, so uh, that's what they look for a lot of the sponsors look for and some of them just look for just good drivers some of them just want the best driver out there and that's great you know but a lot of them you know look for somebody who's marketable look at Danica Patrick she's a female you know she's pretty and, um, you know, a lot of companies are like, wow, we want that. You know, we want her to sell our, you know, cookies or burgers exactly. or whatever it is. Hey, so yeah. do you have a say in like who sponsors you? Like as a driver, how much say do you have? Um, you pull in the sponsors yourself as a driver. Uh, normally the team doesn't go out and get them for you. Some teams do, but um, you have to pull them in. So the sponsor I have is a Phoenix Patriot Foundation for this 2015 year. And um, they're a nonprofit organization out of Southern California. And their main mission was to uh, support wounded veterans. So what we did is each race, um, we uh, dedicated each race to like a wounded veteran or a fallen veteran by placing their name on the car, bringing them out to the track if they're still if they're available, and uh, bring their family and stuff, and just showing them to a good time, and you cool, know just man. doing our best to honor them each race. So uh, it's been pretty awesome with Phoenix Patriot Foundation. That's awesome, man. Hey, what about um, the the stickers on your car? How do, how do the stickers get on your car? Normally, so whatever sponsors are sponsoring us are the ones, you know, are on there. So Phoenix Patriot Foundation, you know, since we partner up with them, uh, you know, they were all over the car. Um, all the other smaller ones are just smaller, like contingency stuff and 
um, you know, that basically like all cars have to have a certain stickers on them because those are the guys that those are companies that sponsor the series. Got it. So, uh, you know, all the cars hey, have I, to have a certain hey, I got a level. Sticker. I got a sticker here, bro. I got a sticker. Hey, we, we can we can get it on the car. We can get it on the car sometime. All right, hey, whatever you can do with it, you know, I got one for you, brother. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Hey, uh, what about uh, so, you know, talking about sponsorships and to continue on this pass. Uh, on mm-hmm. this path, what about compensations? What can a driver expect to earn, you know, race car driving? Um, at this series, this level we're at, you know, the purse isn't that big, so we don't get paid really. I mean, you know, the, if you win a race, the most, you know, you get is like $7,000 or so, and normally that goes back to the team. But uh, at what, the truck series stuff? level, your crew and everything? Yeah, yeah, all that. Yeah, yeah. Um, at the cup, or not sorry, the uh, truck series and Xfinity series. Um, that's a little bit different. And you can hear behind me these like cars that's coming up. That's motivating. Yeah, so there, <laughs> that is motivating. I'm pretty pretty pumped now. But uh, yeah, no, um, at the truck level, um, Xfinity and Cup Series, they get paid a lot more. So it's okay. different. And what about like the yeah. big drivers? What, what are the big drivers? Uh, oh, they're, they get paid millions. Millions in the, depending on where they finish, they're getting paid millions each year. Um, is that just but, to no, show up to the race? Do you get paid? If you make the race, yes. So if you finish, if you, uh, finish last place, you know, like at the Daytona 500, if you finish last place, you're getting at least two hundred something thousand dollars. Really? Yeah. Cool. If you finish last place at Daytona 500, and each race is different, so you know the payouts go anywhere from depending on what where you're at, from like you know on the top level, from like a hundred thousand dollars or so, all the way up to you know a million dollars depending on the race. Got it. Hey, what, so do you yeah. own the car? Like, do you own the car? I do not own the car. It's a team. The teams normally own the car, and you just come in and drive. So then basically it allows you to switch, you know, teams and, and all that stuff whenever you want. Because owning a car, is a lot of work goes. You, you don't want to do that. You know, unless you have millions of dollars, you don't want to own your own car. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, so... Man, that's gonna. I, we're gonna. We're gonna. We're gonna roll with that. Uh, with that car coming by. That's. I don't think yeah. I'm gonna be able to cut, edit that baby out. But uh, we'll. We'll, yeah. roll, we'll roll with it. Uh, yeah. Hey, so what about uh? We're coming to the close here. I want to talk about the the future of NASCAR. Uh, what what can we be excited for for the future of NASCAR and what's next in store? I think they're going in a good direction. They're starting to really highlight you know some of the younger drivers and bring a lot of younger folks in. Um, they're also moving towards, you know, the NASCAR diversity program, too. And they're giving a lot of, you know, highlights on that where basically they're helping out, you know, people who are, you know, underserved, uh, you know, either. Yeah, exactly. Pretty much. So like females, uh, minorities, all of those who you don't normally see in NASCAR. They're really doing a piece of people and really bring them into those sports. Since a lot of them, you know, sometimes don't try because they don't think they have a shot. You know, so they're really trying to show that, hey, you know, we don't discriminate, discriminate, discriminate against cool. anybody. Um, you know, they're going to they're going to, you know, it doesn't matter what you are, white, black, green, blue. It doesn't cool. matter. You know, you can run a NASCAR if you, you know, show the dedication and the passion towards it and you uh, and you uh, make it happen. Nice, man. So what about um, I like to finish up um, my my interviews and my shows by asking the guest. Um, what their favorite weapon, an app, a tool, a resource that you like using, you know, day to day? Mine is uh, the simulator, iRacing. So uh, that's definitely my weapon right there. And that's what I use to train, you know, each night. And it's a good training tool. It helps me out a lot. And I think it's going to help me get, get an edge, you know, one of these days as I, you know, get more and more laps on there cool. each night. What about your favorite read 
And what's a takeaway that you can share with, with your, with the listener on one of your favorite read? It could be the last book you read or, you know, a, a throwback book. My favorite read is uh, Customers for Life by uh, Mr. Sewell. And uh, basically, you know, in there, he's just talking about how, you know, pretty much the customers come first, you know, in a business. And it shows how to treat them, you know, um, when they're right, when they're wrong. And, uh, you know, just how to attract them into your business so that you can, your business can continue to thrive. And you're not known as that business who really treats the people who buy from them badly. That's awesome, man. And we'll definitely put all, you know, we'll put the stuff that you're mentioning in the show notes, too. Um, if you want to just take us home with your favorite quote, take us home with some motivation, Awuji. My favorite quote comes from uh, Les Brown, and he says, um, don't let someone's opinion of you become your reality. And I think that's a, it's just a phenomenal quote. I mean, it basically goes to show that, hey, you know, people are going to say what they want to say about you. They're going to think what they want to think. But don't let that actually become what you really are. You know, prove that wrong. It doesn't have to be. Nice, man. That's awesome. Hey, uh, thank you, bro, for your time. That was awesome. We got a we got a real feel on what it's like to be, uh, you know, somewhat near the track. Um, <laughs> track, I hope, yeah. I got the cars running. I hope by the everything. listeners understand the the audio. You know, that's not yeah. a that's not a production issue. That's just the real that's life real. setting. Real so, life uh, NASCAR is qualifying right now. <laughs> hey, the full show notes for this episode, episode 39, is going to be at popsmoke.net forward slash 39. You can hop out. You know, once you get to popsmoke.net, you'll see all the veterans that have been on the show there. Jesse's uh, episode, like I said, is going to be at popsmoke.net forward slash 39. Some uh, An upcoming guest we have is Kyle Eckel who's a Super Bowl winner and uh, also another Naval Academy graduate. And he's a, he's a, he's a broadcast host now, I believe. So stay tuned for that episode coming up. Um, Hey, Jesse, where can the listener find out more about you and where can they go if they want to support you in, in either the red loose, either the red list group or any other uh, things that you're a part of. The Red List Group, just look that up on Facebook. Uh, it's just pretty much how it is, you know, the Red List Group. Okay. And um, uh, for me, uh, just look me up, uh, Jesse Iwuji Racing. And my last name is I-W-U-J-I uh, Racing. Look that up and they'll find me and they can ask me any questions or, you know, talk to me about anything they want to do. And the veterans can connect with you on LinkedIn, right, Jesse Iwuji? And link, exactly. Yep, LinkedIn too and uh, Twitter, Instagram, all of it. All right. Hey, thank you, brother. Thank you for, for joining us today. And to the listener, thank you for joining us. Uh, Jesse, it's now time for you to pop smoke and get out of here, man. Awesome. Cool. Thank you for having me on the show today.